Live with CDP Sports Talk, a weekly sports and entertainment podcast sponsored by Barry Cullen Chevrolet. Live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and LinkedIn. And on audio via Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, Anchor FM, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Radio Public, and TuneIn. Now, here's your host, Chris Palme. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Live with CDP Podcast, Season 5, Episode 29, on this Tuesday, February 28th, 2023. And as always, guys, Live with CDP Sports Talk is brought to you by Barry Cullen Chevrolet, 905 Woodlawn Road West in the Guelph Auto Mall. Check out barrycullen.com for the newest selection of new and pre-owned GM vehicles or give them a call at 519-824-0210 and tell them Chris Palm, a.k.a. CDP sent you. And as also as well, guys, you can now pre-order the O Electric Silver uh, – Pre-order the old electric uh, Cadillac Lyric. They have one there now for test drives. Uh, please uh, phone them or go on their website to book uh, an appointment. Or you guys can check out the old electric uh, Silverado pickup truck as well. Or a 2023 Chevy uh, Trailblazer like I did as well. So again, thanks to the folks at Barry Collin Chevrolet for sponsoring Live with CDP Sports Talk. Also, guys, Live with CDP Sports Talk is now on weeknights at 8 o'clock Eastern on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key, the home of Southern sports and the talk and home of Southern sports and talk, the heartbeat of Atlanta. And I want to say thank you to station manager, Ryan O'Neill for giving me an opportunity to have my show on his station. Again, WQEE 99.1 FM in Atlanta. Guys, I'm looking forward to my guest tonight on Season 5, Episode 29. His name is Rashid Weeks. He was a fifth-year basketball player with the OUA's Gulf Griffins men's basketball team from Mississauga, Ontario. And we're going to bring on uh, Sheed right now, and we're going to talk about his uh, five-year career with the University of Gulf Griffins. Good evening, Sheed. How are you doing? Good evening. How are you? I'm doing fine myself. Thanks for asking. I'm doing all well. I'm doing well as well. I'm doing good as well. So, yeah, hey, uh, thank you so much for coming on my show tonight. I really appreciate it. Anytime, anytime. Is this the first podcast show you've done? Actually, yeah, first podcast show I've ever done. So, kind wow. of uh, intrigued to see what's going to happen. Well, I really appreciate you coming on. And uh, I've, um, for a while there, I got away from the OUA basketball, but uh, this past year I've been doing some work with Griff Vision as a camera operator, and I really enjoyed uh, filming your games and the women's games this year. And people need to start coming out to more uh, games in the future because it's really good basketball. Oh, yeah, no doubt. It was actually a lot of closed games this year for us, actually, actually for the whole league. Like, And when we started the season off, the first two games of the three were came down to the buzzer against Laurier. They beat us on a buzzer beater. And then the second game, we were at Laurier, and they hit a buzzer beating shot to bring us to overtime, and then they beat us overtime. So that's just a lot. This is like the little window of things that happened this year in the league. But, yeah, there's a lot of closed games, a lot of good basketball being played. And uh, you just wrapped up your five-year career with the University of Guelph Griffins. What was it like being on that team for five years? And I guess it went by quick, didn't it? Oh, it went by really fast. Like one one time I blinked, I was the first year and I blinked again. And I'm in my fifth season, man. Like 
it all happened so fast. What it was like, it was a good ride, actually. Like, I see myself grow as a person. It's funny to see how, like, the little goals you have in your first and second year compared to the goals you have in your fourth and fifth year and how they how, how, how they changed. You see your body change. You see your character change. You see your responsibilities change. Like, when I first came into the program, I was the first year for Mississauga. And I didn't really think about, about me being a leader or a captain or, like, what I can do in order to promote the team to be better. But as I got older and I end up being a leader and I end up being a captain, I was like, there's actually multiple ways how even for my first year, I could have I could have got into to help contribute to the team. But you don't really see, look at that stuff when you're much younger. You just look at it from a basketball standpoint. But as you grow older and you get older within the league, you're like, oh, here are other ways how I can help contribute to this team. And I realized that. I got to ask you, you wore 22. Is there a story behind number 22? Is there a story behind number 22? No, no, no. Actually, my high school number was number 11. And I always liked the double numbers. But when I went to, when I came to go up, number 11 was taken already. So I settled for number 22. You remember who had number 11 back then? Back then, number 11? Uh, no, I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure. Okay. 22 is a good number as well. And uh, you're what, six foot five guard, and you're from Mississauga, Ontario, and you're in your fifth year of psychology, I believe. Uh, yes, correct. I finished, I actually graduated psychologically last year. So now I'm just doing a business certificate to fill up my eligibility to play basketball and just to get uh, some more education. Congratulations. Now I have to ask you this as well, Sheed. Um, are you going to look at uh, continuing your basketball career and, and, and look at some pro basketball possibly? Oh, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. If the opportunity presents itself, I'll be more than happy to go look uh, at the pro opportunity. I believe I can do it. I believe whoever it takes a chance on me, they're going to get one hell of a player who works hard, who's responsible, who's a leader, who cares more than just putting the ball in the basket. So yeah, hundred percent. I'll look at my options for going pro, but if it doesn't present itself, then I'll just move on. Right. There's more to life than basketball. And I already accepted that. So my options are just open right now. That's great. And uh, I was going to say, do you have like some kind of demo role that you can send out with your agent to uh, pro leagues? How that, how did that work, Rashid? Oh, so how the pro, how the pro stuff usually works is that you would actually get an agent and then what your agent, he then promotes you with uh, like with your film and your accolades and your stats. And then he goes out and he talks and negotiates with different teams and different and different coaches and stuff. And uh, hopefully, it gets lined up in some shape or form that way. That's what that's what, that's just what I know of. To be I'll tell you, I'll tell you this: I, I never played pro basketball. Obviously, I only played one year of high school basketball. wasn't very good, but the game of basketball has actually changed my life because it led my it led me to camera work, which led me to my podcast, which led me to Griff Vision and to my show being on radio. So I got to be really thankful for the game of basketball because it's just changed my life the last three years. Oh, yeah, exactly. And I know people, to myself, that started off playing basketball, and now they're coaches, they're trainers, uh, they do videos, you know, they do scouting services. And that's just the beautiful thing about basketball, you know. Like, if the ball stops dribbling as a player, there's still many options how you can contribute to the game, you know. So that's one good thing about it. Can you see yourself in the future when you're done playing basketball as a, as a coach or being in the management side of the game? Oh, no doubt. No doubt. I can definitely see that for myself. Like, I enjoy talking to people. I love the game of basketball. So if I can get, get to talk to people and play basketball or even be in the mix of basketball, I'll be more than likely to do that, to be honest. 
Where did you play your high school basketball in Mississauga? And did you have any mentors and idols that you looked up to when you were younger? Oh, yeah. I had a couple of mentors and idols I looked up to when I was younger. Uh, so I started playing basketball in Mississauga. I went to high school. I went to a couple of high schools, to be honest. My school journey is kind of long. So I started off at Woodland Secondary School. And then I went to St. Francis Xavier for grade, nine, for grade 10, 11, and 12. And I went to Kentucky for a bit for prep school. I was there for about half the semester. It wasn't really a good fit for me. I got kind of homesick as well. So I came back and then I finished out high school at St. Martin's. But luckily enough, uh, Coach Coach Oryxio and uh, Coach Conrad, uh, old assistant coach, was already talking to me at St. Francis Xavier. So when I got to St. Martin's and I returned back from Kentucky prep school, I reached out to them. I was like, hey, I'm back, in, uh, I'm back here in Canada. And then they, they looked at me and then they offered me a scholarship to come to Guelph. But other than that, my mentors and idols growing up in my area, I'll just say it was like my brothers and his friends playing basketball as a young, I'm four years younger than my brother. So seeing them play basketball as a younger person around, I always wanted to get involved and play with them, even though I used to always lose. That was just motivating me to be better. But other than that, I had one coach growing up. His name was Chris, uh, Chris Bennett. He, I played for him on Brampton Warriors. And like, he always motivated me to do better. It was in the classroom, being better as a person, being better as a basketball player. And that's one thing I'll never forget is just, it's just him in general because he always motivated me to be better as a person. And he always told me, like, if if things are going wrong, just talk to yourself. Mentally, it's a mental battle. Just speak to yourself. Talk to yourself. I can succeed. I want to dominate. And that's just one of the mentors I'll never forget about because he helped me a lot on this journey that I had. Did you play any other positions besides guard when you were uh, in high school? High school? High school is fun because I, I just played every position, to be honest. Like, uh, like when times got hard, I'll play a point guard. When there's a when there's a bigger opponent on the team, I'm a big guy. I'll play center. I'll guard the center. So there was there wasn't really much. Um, it was mostly positional basketball for me in high school. But as I got to Guelph, I'll say uh, I played more of a big. And then later on in the later years, I ended up being more of a guard big. But I'll say I'm, I'm mostly like a small forward. That's my playing style. Which NBA player style do you take a little bit of into your game, if any? Which which, which NBA player style do I think? I, I used to watch a lot of Carmelo Anthony. Uh, okay. Just the, just the mid-range game he has, like working the guys in the post, how he extends out to the three, inside out, uh, his mid-range game, his jab steps, his first steps, his post fadeaways, like all of that stuff that he – that he does, I try to at least take a little bit of it and try to do it myself. So that's one player I'll say I would look up to, and that's Kamal Anthony. What area of your game has really improved the last couple of years that you've worked on? Oh, one one area of my game I've improved a lot, and if and and everyone can actually see this improvement is my shooting, man. Like in my first two years at Guelph, in my first year at Guelph, the first season we played twenty two games, I believe. I didn't shoot one three. The second season, again, we played 22 games or 20 games. I only shot six threes. And then my third season, I was 34% from the three-point line. So if there's one thing I said I improved on, it was definitely my shooting ability. Because when I first came into the league, the game plan was probably uh, go under ball screens, gap him on the perimeter, leave him open, dare him to shoot. But now it's just like, will and shoot, you got to close out, you got to respect this game. So that's one thing I'll say I actually worked on, and, and it played a big role in a coming out and that's shooting. If any when if somebody's watching this or listening to this podcast later, what's one word to describe you as a basketball player? One word to describe me as a basketball player? I'll say energy. Uh 
I just say energy because I like to bring the energy. Either if it's rebounding, if it's playing defense, if it's talking to my teammates, if it's diving for a loose ball, if it's clapping in the air, I like the energy. If the energy's down, I'm gonna say something. So as a player, as a as a as a fan of the game, if I see the energy's down, I'm gonna say something. So I'll say energy is the most important thing to me as a basketball player. That's something that can describe me as a basketball player as well. Okay. Before we get into some questions, uh, Sheed, what were your thoughts on the uh, um, the playoff run for the Griffins? Obviously, you guys had success at Lakehead, winning 67-64 over the six-rated team. And then uh, Saturday, you were defeated by Windsor, 93-74. Thoughts on the on the playoff games for, for the Griffins? Well, the playoff game was amazing. It was an amazing feeling, especially when you beat Lakehead, because I've never been part of something like that here in my five years at golf, right? That was the first playoff game won in the last ten years. So, as soon as I, as soon as I won that game, I was just, I was speechless. I was excited. I went up to my coach. I gave him a hug. I was like, "Let's go!" And it was actually a really good turnaround for us because we, at one point in the season, we were three and nine, and then we finished eleven and eleven. And at one point in the last ten games of our season, we were eight and two. So continue, continue on with that uh, type of momentum going into the playoffs, and we beat our first playoff game. It was like, damn, like. We are actually a good team, and we actually did came a long way. And I did bring the energy and momentum that we needed into Saturday's game against Windsor. But Windsor came to play. They came to play. They had a really good game. All their starters were in double digits. And um, we had a tough time actually hitting some shots, and uh, that hurt us at the end. So if there's anything I could take back from the playoff run, it would just be um, sometimes you just got to deal with, deal with what's in front of you, man. Like, you're not, always not, you're not always going to play good. You're not always going to play bad. But when your shots are falling in, what are you going to do next? And that's something that we got to look forward to. The team has a program for next year. Uh, if your shots aren't falling down, that means the game's not over. You can still play defense. You can still rebound. You know, you can still talk and all that stuff. So it was, just a, it was just an amazing run to be a part of. I've never been a part of a playoff win. So that's the playoff run right there. It's just an amazing thing to be a part of, regardless of the loss against Windsor on Saturday. Overall thoughts on the direction of this uh, program. Do you feel the Griffins next year could even have a better season than this year under Chris O'Rourke? Oh, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Because if you look at how we started the season to how we ended, uh, even the guys were saying in the locker room, we got we got a sense of what it feels like to be on a winning team. Like, at the start of the season, guys were complaining about their minutes, the amount of shots they're taking, their points. But as we got rolling as a team and we ended up beating teams like, Windsor and we beat teams like Queens certain guys were scoring in double digits there's like four guys in double digits five guys in double digits and my team's like you know what at the end of the day it doesn't matter about who scores it matters about who plays defense and every game the leading score is going to be different right so that's one thing that's a couple of things we um we spoke about and I feel like going forward now in the direction the team can grow off of what it feels like to be a winning team which is sharing the ball playing defense bringing that energy in practice preparing right for game plans. And I feel like we got a taste of what it feels like to do those things and win. So now I feel like in the years to come, we can they can keep doing those things because it can equate to winning, which they already seen and believe that they can do and they already seen it happen, right? So I feel like it's up it's up to a, it's off to a good uh start now, knowing that in the past couple of years we battled to B five hundred. So I feel like now within this season and the momentum we had, they can actually change something with this program now just be a winning team going forward absolutely 
what will you miss the most about being on the Griffins basketball team? And what are your thoughts on longtime legendary head coach Chris O'Rourke? And what kind of impact did he have you have on you as a, a player and a person as well? One thing I miss about being on the Griffins basketball team is just living in Guelph and being a student athlete. Like when you're on campus, the community here in Guelph is just so warming and they're uh, very likable. I never had a problem with anyone, any of the students, staffs, athletes, uh, any of my peers around on campus. So I'll just say being the whole ideal student athlete at the University of Guelph is what, what I'm going to miss. Having practice every day, uh, able to go to the SAB mentor programs, able to go to uh, JPC with Josh uh, Josh Ford, who was the old trainer, and uh, Mac James. Just, just being called a student athlete now, because as I leave university, I'm not a student or athlete anymore. But um, with Coach, CEO, man, I love that guy. Like, he believed in me. He trusted me. Ever since I came into the team, he spoke to me. He coached me. He motivated me. He disciplined me. He threw me into the fire when I was in my second year. He put me in the starting lineup. He never doubted me. And just for that, I, I just thank him because he grew me into the player I am today. The first two seasons when I wasn't shooting, he pulled me to the side and said, I need to know how to shoot. I need to learn how to shoot. And he always cared for me. And anyone can say anything bad about him or whatnot. I know what I know, and I've been around for a long time. And he re he really cares about his players more than just basketball. It goes bigger than basketball with him. And that's one thing I always appreciate about him. And he was a player, too, with the Griffins as well. So he can relate to you guys as an athlete as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I heard he was a good point guard. So, um... well. I know the Griffins back in the late 80s and early 90s, they had some really good teams, and they used to call the gym the House of Slam. The House of Slam, eh? Yeah, yeah. That's I'm, not, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure if he was slamming the ball, but he was definitely throwing down the hoops, I'll tell you that much. But it, it would be nice <laughs> to see the program do well because, like I said, I think the University of Guelph, is, it's, been a, it's been a good experience for me doing camera work. And uh, that's the one thing I like about doing camera work as well is even though I'm not on the court like you guys are, uh, in a broadcast, you can't take a play off. You have to be focused the whole time. And uh, you don't want to miss a shot because that can affect the broadcast. Just like in basketball, you, you have to – you got to – bring your A game every night when you do a broadcast, just like a player does on the court. Yeah, no doubt. I believe that. I see that. I see that being 100% true. You don't want to miss a highlight play. That's like the player of the game that everyone's waiting to see after the game, right? So Definitely. And, yeah, uh, definitely. And I was going to say, what about your assistant coaches with the Griffins as well? Thoughts on them as well? Assistant coaches? Uh, they're actually really good. Daniel Dooley always knows what to say. He doesn't say much, but when he says something, it's actually meaningful and it makes a lot of sense. TB, man, TB is a hard worker. He's there day in, day out, either doing scout, doing player individuals, um, giving players advice. He's actually one of the main reasons how I became a, a better shooter than I am today. Literally, summers of 2018 and 2019, I spent countless days from May to August in the gym with him, shooting 500 jumpers a day, 300 jumpers a day, twice a day even sometimes three times a day, right? So what he does to the program just goes unnoticed because if you're on the outside looking in, you wouldn't see all the little things he does. But if you're on the inside looking out, you know what, the amount of things he does. You just want to give him a high five, clap for him, tap on the back because like, it's actually like indescribable what he does for the basketball program. What about the facilities there at the University of Guelph? The facilities? I'll say the facilities are amazing. Like at, at one point to myself when I first came in here, 
because uh, when I first came to Guelph in 2017, I also had a visit at Canisius, um, Canisius College in Buffalo, the Division One school. So I got to see their facility, and when I came back to Guelph and I seen their facility, I was like, this is no different than a Division One facility. If not, that was a low, low uh, major Division One. Guelph's facility is actually better than what Canisius has. The, the gym facility upstairs, the basketball court, the track upstairs on the basketball court, the Jubbatron, the Mitchell gym. It's just, it's just so like, it's just so mind blowing and shocking. Cause coming from high school, you're not used to seeing things like that. And when you come to Guelph, you're like, wow, like they really have, really have the facilities to get their athletes right. And that's one thing that I loved about this school as well. Just how, how amazing the facilities are and how good it looks. It's definitely is one of the best gyms in the OUA or U sports. I'm not just being biased because I go here. And as a camera operator, I like the setup as well. Uh, there's not a bad seat in that place. And uh, the work environment, doing the camera work for Griff Vision, I was outstanding. And yeah, nothing bad to say about that facility and stuff like that. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you is, as well, Sheed, um, what was the, before I get to this question, what was a, a daily day like uh, on game day for you guys? Just to, if you could tell my audience a little bit about what it was like on a, uh, a game day for you, for University of Guelph Griffin players. All right. So game day, usually um, the night before we go through a nice practice, probably an hour hard, and we do some film in the locker room. And then the game, the day of the game, the day after, which is the game day, we wake up, we usually come to shoot. Uh, that's around like 11 or 12, shoot for an hour, hour and a half. You can get into the gym beforehand with TB for individual workouts. Then after a shoot, you can watch film. If not, uh, you lounge around a bit, go home. My game game day routine is usually a game day nap. And then after wake up from my nap, I'll probably watch um, a couple Kobe Bryant interviews and just watch some basketball highlights to get my mind right. I'll eat uh, a heavy meal. I usually like pasta and chicken, pasta and beef, whole grain pasta. And after I'll just come to the game and ball out. Pretty simple. Nothing too much. And before you get on the court for game, do you have any music, any music that you like to listen to to get you in the, the into the mood for the game? And do you have any rituals as well? Oh yeah, oh yeah. So um, a ritual would probably be like my pregame meal. Like I said, pasta with chicken, pasta with beef, uh, the game day nap. But besides that, the music is actually a is actually a big uh, part into my game day routine. Uh, Playing like Little Baby, Drake, Gunna, Young Thug, any like hype track just to keep my mind uh off off of the game and just keep the energy flowing, the energy going. Something I can just dance to and want to yell at and just make make my mind escape what I really have to focus on, which is the game, as bad as it sounds. But uh yeah, something like hype tracks, you know, something that makes you want to jump and yell. Absolutely. Besides the Guelph facility, what were some of your other favorite OUA arenas? And were there a couple that you weren't too crazy about? Uh, a couple of my favorite OUA arenas. Um, I actually like playing at, um, I like playing at Laurier. I like Laurier's gym. And I like Carlton's gym as well. Even though I got to play, I played in there in my younger days. I didn't even get to play there, play there now. But I like Laurier's and uh, Carlton's gym. If there's any gyms I dislike, it would be Windsor's old gym. Windsor's old gym is really bad. I don't, I don't really like it. But Windsor's new gym is A1. I really like that. Their new gym is probably one of the top uh, gyms in OUA. Probably Windsor, us, and UFT. Ryerson gym is nice, too. But gyms that I dislike are like Ottawa. Um, Ottawa, the lights are kind of dim. Algoma, not really a huge fan of Algoma's gym as well. 
those would be two. And kind of Brock. Brock sometimes feels too tight, too crowded in there. So I'll be Brock Algoma. Yeah, Brock Algoma and Ottawa definitely are the worst gyms for me. And in your five-year career with the Griffins, which team uh, gave you the most difficulties as an, as a player going against them, or a, a specific, and whether a specific player that you uh, matched up with well and didn't match up well with? Um, throughout the years, I'll say a team that always gave me a problem was Brock, because believe it or not, I haven't, I, I never beat Brock within my five years at Guelph. Wow. Uh, I beat mostly all the other teams, but except for Brock. And I feel like this Brock just brings the energy, the good on defense. And there's something about playing in that gym, man. It just feels so close and tight, like there's not enough space. So if there's anything, I'll say Brock. And a team that I like to go against, uh, I like playing against Laurier, man. I like playing against Laurier. I had a friend that went to Laurier. I know the assistant coach on Laurier. The coaching staff knows me at Laurier. And, like, every time I play Laurier, I just feel like I got something to prove. And back in the day when I was in my second and third year, second and third seasons, a player that used to give me a matchup problem but I love playing against was Nori Hamibama. He went to Lori. He graduated, I believe, two years ago. He's about like a six, uh, six five lefty point forward. And like playing against him, I was always gassed because he was a big, but he played like a guard and he could move like a guard. So I used to always have to do new moves and try new moves against him. And he was strong. And yeah, that's one player I can always remember playing against. And I enjoyed playing against as well. I, I wanted to ask you this as well. Um, obviously, you played high school basketball. How much of an adjustment was it going from high school basketball to your first year of OUA and and the, and the speed of the game? Oh, the, adjust, the adjustment was actually crazy. It was like uh, night and day. Uh, the, the guys are a lot stronger. The guys are a lot faster. Uh, the guys who are playing point guard now are like as strong as the guys that are playing in the post somewhat somehow they compare. Um the three-point line is farther in college than it is in high school. So there goes my shooting abilities, like I said, that I had to work on the first two years. Um, everyone's a good player. Like, in high school, there's some games where you there's only one good guy on the team and the rest of four guys are not so not so good. And you can attack them and you can game plan around them. But not everyone's a good player. Everyone, you got to respect everyone at this level. So that's one thing I, um, I had to adjust to was that just knowing that not everybody you play against is this going to be a walk through the park? You actually got to come prepared. You got to come prepared with a game plan. You got to come with your mind right. And more importantly, you got to come here shots, you know? So that's one thing I'll say. It was a big difference coming into this league. I'm going to put you on the spot with this question. In your five years with Griff or with the Gulf Griffins, you played with a lot of teammates. Who are some of the best players that you played with in your time with Guelph? Some of the best players I played with my time in Guelph? Uh, Malcolm Glanville. He's a, he's a really good guard. When I played with him, there was one season where he averaged about 23 points, 22 points. He was the fourth uh, leading scorer in the OUA. Uh, Benki Alade was another good player. Me and him are one of the few guys in this program, or probably in the OUA, or eSports to be exact, to average a double-double in a whole season. Uh, Daniel Dooley, who's assistant coach now in my first year, was my fifth-year vet. He's a good player that I played against. He was, really, he was a really good shooter. Um, I don't mean to diss anyone if I, if I can't remember them. Uh, Tommy Yonkis, who's a center coach for the women's basketball team, he's a really good player as well. Uh, crazy jump hook going right. Mm, who did I name? I named four guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those are the four guys I can remember. 
I played against a lot of good. I played against uh, with a lot of good players, but those are the four guys I can say in this program that I remember being really good at basketball. Who was the quickest player besides yourself that you went against in practice for the Griffins? The quickest player? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not that quick myself, so a lot of more guys quicker than me. But for me, a quick player would probably be one of those um, quick player, quick with the ball or quick on the feet as sprinted and running? Both. Like quick, both. I had some teammates like um, Craig Valeria. Trevor Hudden and practically ran suicides or up and down, they were just gone. They're actually gone. You couldn't you couldn't catch them. But with the ball, uh I don't really have I can't really I can't really say someone who is, is really that quick with the basketball, to be honest. And I don't I'm not really trying to like hate on anyone or knock who they are as a guard. I just I have a came across someone who's not mind blowing to be like, oh, he's really fast with the ball. Like that he stands out, if that makes sense. Definitely. My next question I wanted to ask you this as well, Sheed, is uh, can you just tell us about uh, your uh, the course that you took at the University of Guelph, psychology, and how difficult was it being a, a student athlete, especially in your first year with Guelph? Yeah, so being a student athlete in my first year at Guelph was uh, really difficult because you went from being in high school, having a schedule given to you, waking up the same routine to come into university on a big campus where you don't know where any of the classes are to having classes at 2.30, having classes at 4.30, but having practice at 4. And in my first year, I'll say the biggest thing was, um, the difficulty was time management. I really know how to realize time and manage my time because sometimes we had practice at 7 o'clock in my first year and we had lift at uh, 7 o'clock on Mondays but then we had to practice at six on Wednesdays. So that morning turnaround was kind of difficult for me because I have to wake up and then go back to my res. Then I'll have class, come back, go to lift, come back. And I'll think we're going to have to need him to study, but I can't study because then I have practice. Or then I can't hang out with friends because I got to study. And this, as I grew older in university, I realized how I can uh, manage my time by like writing things down actually. And I'm building a schedule, but I'll say the biggest thing was time management in my first year. Just planning around classes and hanging out with friends and studying and basketball. But majoring at the University of Guelph, I majored in psychology. Um, I graduated honors. Uh, that's a that's a really good program. It, it keeps you on your feet, keeps your hands going, keeps your mind thinking. Uh, there's a lot of different subdivisions like social psychology, psychology, death and dying. Uh, there's principles of learning, learning about the personality of individuals, and that's one thing about psychology, like you learn something in the classroom and then we, when you go talk to individuals outside the classroom, you start thinking about different concepts and theories that you learned in class. But majoring at psychology at the University of Gulf was actually a really good um, situation for me. I learned a lot. I learned a lot of new people and I'm looking forward to um, furthering my education with psychology by becoming a social worker after uh, years to come. Hopefully getting my master's in social work if needed and uh, evaluating different like counseling roles or uh, social work roles within the community. What advice would you give to a, a first-year player coming to Guelph next year? If you could do that, give some advice to somebody that's starting out in their first year with the Griffins basketball team. One thing, one advice I'd actually give to somebody starting out 
coming into their first year is um, enjoy the process, but have short-term memory, man. Have short-term memory. Like if you're having a bad day, doesn't mean the next you're going to have a bad day. If you get an argue, if you have an argument with, with our coach, argument with one of our players, the next day, it doesn't carry over. You have a bad game, you have a bad practice, and next day it doesn't carry over. You're still so young and you're still figuring things out. As a rookie, you're meant to mess up and people don't own it as much as they need to. Being a rookie, they think everything has to go perfectly planned. But as a rookie, people actually look forward to you messing up. So just embrace the journey and just have short-term memory. You know, yesterday's not today and today's not tomorrow. Just have short-term memory and enjoy the process. That's great advice, Sheet. And that even goes for uh, uh, for someone like me trying to get into media radio. Sometimes you're going to have good shows, sometimes not as good, but you just have to block it out and move on to the next one and keep learning and keep improving. Yeah, for sure. Okay, definitely. Uh, I was going to get into your half-court shot. I was going to show a clip of that. Is it okay? Yeah, I was fine. The, I, I was the cameraman on duty for that uh, half-court shot against the Western really? Mustangs. So, yeah, I'm going to put the clip on, and then uh, if you're okay talking about it, just for a minute or so. Yeah, for sure. Okay, just one second. I just got to find it right here. Okay, boom. Oh, well, my lance, I'm uh, just going to have to... Who? Oh, you could have gone. He's guarding sure. him. That clip was courtesy of the Gulf Griffins men's basketball team. And uh, I was a part of it, and I've seen it on TV, but I've never been part of a game with a half-court shot like that. It was just awesome feeling. And, uh, uh, she, can you just describe what was going in your head when you released that ball? So when I got the ball at uh, half-court, center court, I looked and there was no defenders on me. So at that point, I was like, okay, let me just take a dribble, take my gather dribble and take my time. And when it released from my hand, it felt really good. Like, I felt like it was going in. But then when it went in, I was more surprised that it actually went in rather than how I shot it. Like, I shot the for it to go in. But when it went in, I was shocked because it's like it's a half-court shot. No one in this whole gym probably thought about it going in. They just thought about the shooter, right? So when I hit that shot, I looked at my bench, and I had, like, I was just in shock at first. And, like, five seconds later, I was like, I hit that shot. That's game. That's game. And, like, I didn't know what to say or think. Like, that was my first buzzer beater I ever hit in my career. And I always wanted to do a celebration that I had in mind. But I was just so caught up in the moment, I didn't even get the chance to do the celebration I wanted to do. And <laughs> it's just so, it's just so like, warming to me, too, because that was my last home game as a Griffin. And that's how I went out. So hopefully they can remember me for something now, right? <laughs> And I, was, and I was surprised nobody got hurt in that pileup because I was like, oh, my God, somebody might get hurt in that pileup. That's what, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm a, I'm a big guy, right? And I was on top of someone. So, But luckily, they're okay. Everyone was fine. Everyone was fine. And that was against a rival like the Western Mustangs. Western Mustangs, yeah. And, yeah, and uh, like I said, 
90 to 88 final. And that was a huge win. And what a great way to wrap up your uh, college career at the university of Guelph with that, uh, but buzzer beater, half court shot. Yeah. I still, still like unbelievable for me that I went in when I look back at the clip, but one to remember for sure. Now, when you guys are in practice, do you guys ever practice those buzzer beater half court shots? Believe it or not, we do. We do more, like, eight out of ten times, we do. Like, anytime Coach brings it in at the end of practice and we're about to go back to the locker room, all the guys that start shooting half-court shots. So maybe it was just some type of preparation we had going on there, but the answer is yes. We do actually practice with half-court shots at practice. And also, I was doing the women's game that day, and they had one, uh, obviously not as big as yours, but they had one just before halftime in their game as well, uh, a near half-court shot. And it was just amazing being a part of the women's game and obviously your game as well. Oh, yeah. I, I seen the half-court shot, too, actually, after I hit my own half-court shot, like later on that night. And I was like, that's such a coincidence. There must have been something in the air that day for us to both hit a half-court shot on the same day. <laughs> like when does that happen two games in a row two half court buzzer beating shots that's highly unlikely right so definitely man it's just a great feeling and uh like i said and uh i i just followed the ball and all of a sudden it went right through the hoops and everybody was in shock and i just swung swung the camera right to where you guys were celebrating and uh just a great way to end your college career uh sheet are you still okay for a little more time and a few more questions oh yeah yeah i'm, I'm good Okay, definitely. Obviously, this game is going to rank into your top five. So do you have any other four games in your career with the University of Gulf men's basketball team? And uh, you already answered the second part of the question about favorite teammates. Just uh, some of your other top games that you played with the Gulf Griffins in your career here. Other top games I played, I would say um, it would be this year at Nipissing. Uh This year in Nipissing came to Guelph and had 29 points. I think I was 10 to 14 from the field, four for five from the three-point line. And it was just, this was a big game to me because although I broke my career high in points that same day, it just gave me hope. Like, I can still do this because at the start of the season this year, I was really in my own head and I was coming off of an injury and I had some really bad games and I had a bad start and I was just mentally frustrated. And I found myself in a dark place of how, how to become confident on the court. So as I came into my fifth season in my second half of the season and I was able to get my career high and have a good shooting performance, it just gave me my confidence back and it made me tell myself I can still do this. So that's one That's one out of the five games I'll say I remember. Another game I remember is actually at Ryerson last year, last October. I think it was 2021 October. It was preseason. Ryerson was always known for to be a good team. They are younger now, yes. But when we played them, it was the first time I played Ryerson since they eliminated us in the playoffs. And since we gave up a 20-point lead on them, so it's kind of like my get back. And I also had my career high points at that time of the game at Ryerson in preseason. So that's the game I remember. Another game I remember is um, when I grabbed 17 rebounds. Uh, it was a game against Western, actually. I grabbed 17 rebounds against Western two times. One was last year and one was uh, in my third season. So I always remember one of those games. And another game I can remember is definitely the Lakehead game. Just within that playoff game. I didn't really have the best game. Uh, I didn't play bad. I didn't play too good. But just being part of a playoff win is probably second my second most favorite game after that half-court shot. 
And one thing, too, I wanted to ask you, uh, Sheed, uh, everyone talks about the physical talent of a basketball player or an athlete, but how important is the mindset, especially with your confidence and all that? I feel like basketball itself is, is a game of confidence. I feel like if you have your mind right first, then you'll be able to play second. I don't think you can play first and have your mind right second. Uh, the mind and how you think in the game of basketball goes a long way because if you if you think you're a shooter, if you think you're a dunker, if you think you're a defender, it starts with you thinking of thinking of it, and then you go out to perform it. So if you got to manifest what you want to do on the court before you do it, and I believe this, putting your mind first, speaking to yourself, speaking things into existence, manifesting things, with just your mind and your voice would actually play off when you step onto the basketball court. And that's one thing I realized too this year. Like I said, suffering with the first half of the season to actually having a really good second half. It just got to the point where I told myself, I've been there before. I trust in the work I put in. I'm just go out there and perform. And when I started telling myself I can do this, is actually when I actually started playing very well, opposed to in the past when I was like, uh, I'm not going to shoot this shot because I'm already 0 for 4 or my coach is going to be mad at me because I'm playing bad. When you start thinking like that, then all everything comes coming down on you. But if you start thinking about yourself in a bright light, then the bright light's going to shine on you. That's what I believe. One other thing I wanted to ask you too, as being a, a basketball player athlete, um, do you feel sometimes when teams have big leads that can be hard to keep your foot on the gas pedal that you can get a, have a tendency to let down when you have a big lead in that game? Because as you know, no lead's ever safe in basketball. Yeah, no lead's ever safe in basketball. Uh, for example, when I hit the half-court shot against Western and we won by two points, we were up with 10 minutes left in the second quarter and we didn't score in the last uh, two minutes and they went on a 10-0 lead. But besides that, I would just say um, it's really it really all about uh, experience. I feel like that comes with experience. In my first two years when I was younger, when I was down 10 or 15, I will get discouraged. I'd be like, oh, the game's kind of done. The game's over. There's no way we're coming back. But with experience and when you've been into those, uh, to those situations and positions, uh, compared to my fourth and fifth day when we're down 10 or 15, I'm just like, oh, we can come back. We can cut this lead down to six or seven. And then we can punch and cut, cut it down to two and we're back in this game, you know? So I feel like keeping your foot on the gas just comes with experience and if you've been there or not before. Yeah, and basketball is a game of runs. It's just the, the main thing is you don't want a team to have a 20-30 nothing run. So you just want to limit those runs and uh, you have to play 48 minutes and sometimes overtime to win a game. Yeah, 100%. Sometimes, right, you, sometimes you may have to play 36 minutes yourself to win a game. Opposed to some games you play in 24, you play 15, right? So, What's the most minutes you played in a game in the OUA with Guelph? Uh, the most minutes I played in the game, oh, you at, I want to say uh, 41 or 42 minutes. Wow. It was an overtime game against McMaster last season. And just shows you how important cardio and nutrition and fitness is as well for an athlete. Oh, yeah, 100%. The days when I eat well before a game, I feel like I have a lot of energy. My motor is high. But days when I don't feel like I, eat, I don't eat well or like I eat like – Six hours before a game, I don't have enough energy or I'm not as composed, if that makes sense. So energy and nutrition goes a long way in basketball. I'm going to put you on the spot with this question. Who do you see uh, winning the OUA Final Four and becoming the champions this year? Who does he win the OUA Final Four becoming champions? I got to say Windsor, man. I got to say Windsor. I see Windsor. I see Windsor being that team, not only because they beat us, 
I say I say that because they got an amazing uh, core of three group of guys who can put the ball on the floor and try to stop their games. And they all and all their games go hand to hand. There's a shooter, there's a defender, there's a good, there's a great big man, and it all goes hand to hand. So and they have good role players too. So my guess would be Windsor to be the champions of OUA basketball this year. And what's their bench like? Do you find their bench is good as well? Yeah, they have they have a couple guys that come off the bench who really uh are just within the program, within their culture. Like they don't they don't do too much. And they do what's given to them. Hit open shots, uh, come off ball screens, make the extra pass, they rebound. So, yeah, I feel like the, when you have a group of guys like that, anything can happen. So, I feel like Windsor has a good chance of uh, taking it all this year. Windsor, right? And yeah. uh, that just shows you the importance, too. It's not just having five quality starters, but also having a good bench, too. Because, uh, obviously, unfortunately, injuries sometimes happen or somebody struggles a little bit and you need somebody to come off the yeah, fact. it's really important to have uh, a strong bench to help with the, the starters. Yeah, no doubt for sure. Especially All during right, a so season or a playoff run, you never know what can happen, right? So it's always good to have bench guys on the leash so they can go and attack. And being a bench player too can be hard too because you have to make sure you're ready mentally and physically when you're called upon because you just never know when you're going to be needed to go into a game in the first quarter or not until like one minute left in the fourth quarter. Oh, yeah, correct. You never know. You just got to stay ready. And that's the hardest part about being a bench guy. Hardest part about being a younger guy on a team compared to your fourth and fifth year players when you're a first and second year player. The best thing you got to do is stay ready. It's hard, but you got to stay ready. Absolutely. And this leads to my next question. Um, again, any? I guess you've already answered it, sort of. Uh, any plans to continue the basketball career after the University of Guelph? And have you looked at uh, the Canadian League Basketball League, the NBL of Canada, or are you looking for maybe even to, to go across to the, to the, the Basketball League or overseas? Uh, yeah, I know about uh, the NBL and the CBL, and I know about a couple of seas over a couple of leagues overseas. Sorry. But I haven't really looked into um, competing in those leagues yet. My options are open, like I said. Um, I'm, I think I'm more than capable of playing pro basketball. And like I said, if a coach is willing to take a chance on me, he's going to get someone who works hard, who cares more than, than just putting the ball in the basket. But I would love to play pro basketball. If the opportunity presents itself, I'll definitely take it. And uh, the most I can do right now is just stay in shape and see where it takes me. Definitely. Are you going to stay in the Guelph area or are you going to go back uh, to home in Mississauga for now? Uh, I'll be in the Guelph area for now to the end of the school year, then I'm going to go back home after the school year ends, after exams. Definitely. And uh, you'll have to keep in touch with me on social media. And uh, hopefully, like I said, you'll hook up with the league and I can follow you. I'm uh, actually a member of uh, the media for the, the National Basketball League of Canada. So fingers crossed, maybe one of those teams will, will look at giving you a chance. Oh, I wish I wish they will. They're being for a good one. So hopefully, really I good, see you around. It's a really good league, and uh, they have a partnership with the TBL as well. Their commissioner, Audley Stevenson, has been great. He's given me an opportunity to cover the league, and I'll be uh, here's a plug for tomorrow night. I'll be at the Titans um, Windsor Express game in Kitchener as well, and uh, it's really good basketball as well. Same with the, the TBL and the CBL as well. Uh, yeah, I have I have one of my childhood friends that actually played for the KW Titans team, Jaquan Barrett. Uh, I went to. I believe, I believe I played, he played for the Gulf Nighthawks too. Uh, yeah, I think he might have had a training camp deal with them or not. I'm not too sure about that, but 
I know he's on the KW Titans, and I played grassroots basketball with them, which is an AAU yeah. uh, summer team, summer travel team. So uh, I'm very familiar with the KW Titans and Shaquan Barrett. So. Hopefully I'll be able, I'm hoping to do a live interview uh, after the game tomorrow. Maybe I can maybe get him on as well, possibly, maybe. Hey, you probably love that. Definitely. I love the game. I just got two questions to wrap this up. Uh, Sheed, can you just tell us some of your favorite hobbies? Obviously, you brought up music, vacation spots. And did you have any favorite restaurants in the Gulf areas? And uh, right now, do you have any favorite sports teams and athletes that you like? You did mention Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Um, favorite hobbies? I'll just say hanging out with friends, playing on video game, playing on video games, uh, going for runs. Uh, music, I'm a fan of pop, R&B, hip-hop, reggae, Vaca- vacation spots. Believe it or not, I've never really been on vacation. I've been to Guyana, which is in South America, when I was uh, 18 with my mother. Uh, but that's the only time I've really been out of Canada, to be exact. The first time I left Ontario was when uh, CEO took me to Victoria in my first year to be part of a basketball tournament. So I'm not really that familiar with travel, but hopefully I do travel soon. Favorite restaurants? Um, there's a Brazilian steakhouse in Toronto and in Niagara Falls and in Vaughan. It's called Copacabana Brazilian Steakhouse. It's an all-you-can-eat steak buffet, and I suggest you to try it as well. That is definitely my favorite restaurant. It's all-you-can-eat steak buffet. They have, a man, they have many options, and anytime I go there, I always leave satisfied. So Copacabana, you are my favorite restaurant. Uh, I have to, ch- have to check it out. You got to check it out. And favorite sports teams and athletes? Favorite sports teams? Um, Toronto Raptors. I like New York Knicks. I like the Chicago Bulls just because of the cities. Favorite athletes? Like I said, Kobe Bryant, Kyrie Irving, and uh, Jimmy Butler. If you had a choice of one of those guys, who would it be? Obviously, if Kobe was alive, I, I assume you would take Kobe Bryant. Yeah, Kobe Bryant for sure. But between Kyrie and Jimmy Butler, I'll say Kyrie Irving because he he just he just seems woke. Like if I hang out with him yeah. for a day, I'll probably learn a handful of things that I didn't even know existed. So probably Kyrie Irving. If you had a choice of Michael Jordan or LeBron James, who would you take? LeBron James. LeBron James, yeah. LeBron James. LeBron James. I'm old school. I'd still go with MJ because MJ had a killer instinct about him. Don't get me wrong. LeBron's a Hall of Famer, one of the greatest. But Michael Jordan, he did not want to be your friend on court. He just wanted to beat you. And uh, 6-0 and in the finals, man, that was awesome. But LeBron James is a great choice as well. Yeah, yeah. 6-0 in the finals is actually unbelievable. But LeBron is a great choice. Do you think we'll ever see somebody score 100 points in a basketball game? I haven't done since Wilt Chamberlain, I believe, in the 60s. 100 points? No. But I believe someone might come for 80 points, 81 points. Kobe Bryant's record. Like and We've seen was... Damian Lillard and Donovan Mitchell both score 71 this year. So another 10 points from, uh, from I say, like a forward position. Someone like Giannis who can shoot. Kevin Durant, doable. It's doable. NBA Finals pick. If you have one right now, ooh, NBA Finals pick. That's a Put you on a spot. One, coming up, coming out, coming out the West. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna say. Uh, right now, I say. Uh, I'm gonna say. I guess I have to go with Denver versus Milwaukee. Denver versus Milwaukee. I'm gonna go with Boston and Phoenix, but Phoenix is a big if as long as Kevin Durant can stay healthy. 
Yeah, Phoenix is a big if too, yeah. And you got to get that team chemistry going. But Milwaukee is a good pick. And Denver, you know what? I, wouldn't, I would be happy to see Denver in there because they haven't had much playoff success. Yeah, exactly. They go into the playoffs, they're a good regular season team. But I think, I think now they have the experience to make a push. So we'll see. Okay, and final question, Ashid. I'm sorry I kept you over 45 minutes, but uh, again, I want to say thank you for coming on. Where can my audience here in Guelph uh, follow you on social media? And quickly, again, any advice for any young, aspiring basketball players that are watching or listening to this uh, podcast show tonight? Uh, your audience can follow me on social media, on Instagram, and on Twitter. My at is Sheed's Week, which is Sheed right now, as you see on the screen. S-W-E-E-K. It's the same on Twitter. It's the same on Instagram. Once again, Sheed's Week. And any advice for young aspiring basketball players? Um, just stay the course. Stay in your own lane. Don't get discouraged. Keep working hard. Uh, everyone's path's different. When you're when you're 15, 16, 17, one of your teammates or friends might get a scholarship or an offer. It doesn't mean you won't get a scholarship in two weeks or three weeks from now. Keep going. Don't compare your... Um, don't compare your journey at such a young age to other kids around you because you don't know the end goal of it. You guys are still in high school. Keep balling. You're in grade nine. You didn't make the junior varsity team. You didn't make the junior team. That's okay. You still grade 10, 11, and 12. Keep going. Uh, don't don't uh, count your success upon others' success. Look at your own success and uh, create one of your own, if that makes sense. And one thing I was going to add, too, is uh, I know in the media industry, you're going to face rejection at some point. Never give up and just keep working and grinding away and continue to learn and improve uh, you know, as an athlete or whatever profession you're in as well. Yeah, facts. I believe that as well. That's very true. Definitely. And uh, Sheed, if you could give me about 20 minutes, I will have our episode downloaded to uh, my audio platforms and I will definitely uh, uh, send you a copy of this. But hey, you're the first uh, OUA basketball player to come on my show. And uh, I really appreciate your uh, time tonight talking about your five-year career with the uh, Guelph Griffins men's basketball team. Uh, thank you. And I say thank you for having me. Uh, being the first OUA player on the show, just just something, just something, just a start for what you're starting, and uh, it's a good that you're willing to let OUA players share their story on such a platform that we don't have. And I hope in the future, um, you get a lot of views and get a lot of ratings, and you're able to run it up and make something out of this podcast show you have. Well, thank you so much, and it will be on WQEE ninety nine point one FM, I believe, either this week or next week. But I will let you know. And I'd like to get Chris O'Rourke and maybe some other uh, Griffin players to come on as well because OUA sports is really good. I'm really impressed with the women's and the men's sport, and definitely look forward to doing Griff Vision again uh, next year, filming the uh, the sports teams at the University of Guelph. They've been really good with uh, me as well, Griff Vision. Yeah, Griffin's been around for a long time, and I hope you can keep expanding on it. So whatever you're doing, keep doing it, and hopefully I can see you around on campus or in the gym. Well, again, thank you so much, Sheed, for coming on here, and uh, best of luck in your uh, future basketball careers, and we'll definitely continue to follow you as a basketball player and a person on social media as well, Sheed. All right, thank you for having me. You have yourself a thank good night. You too. Thank you so much, Sheed, and we'll keep in touch on social media. Good night, buddy. Will do. You have a good night yourself. Goodbye. You too. Thanks. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed season five, episode twenty season five, episode twenty nine. 
season five, episode 29. I can talk guys with Rashid Weeks of guard who was with the Gulf Griffins men's basketball team for five years and uh, they've ended his career uh, with a loss 93-74 at Windsor this past Saturday but he was a part of the Griffins men's uh, first playoff win in 11 years uh, two weeks ago when they defeated Lakehead 67-64 uh, overall the Griffins in the regular season went 14-12 and and then they went 1-1 one and one in the playoffs and they went 15-13 and and the OUA Final Four is this week and Rashid's pick is the Windsor Lancers to wins it all. But check out OUA TV or OUA.com as well. It's really these student athletes are amazing, and I have so much respect for them, uh, covering them with Griff Vision at the University of Guelph uh, this year as well, guys. Uh, before we wrap up our podcast show, guys, live with CDP Sports Talk, a weekly sports entertainment talk show hosted by yours truly, Chris Pame, is now on weeknights at 8 p.m. Eastern on WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key the home of Southern Sports Talk and the heartbeat of Atlanta. So please check me out 8 o'clock weeknights on WQEE 99.1 FM. Thank you to Ryan O'Neill, the station manager, for giving me a shot at that as well. Next Small Talk podcast show with hosts and Nandy Carol Woolery and yours truly, Chris Pame. Friday, May 3rd, sorry, Friday, March 3rd at 1 p.m. Eastern with special guest, Mayor of Burlington, Marianne Mead Ward. And uh, you guys can catch that show live streamed on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, LinkedIn, and the Small Talk Facebook page this Friday, March 3rd at 1 o'clock as well. And then, guys, next live with CDP Sports Talk by Barry Cullen Chevrolet. My 250th episode since March of 2020 will be Monday, March 6th at 2 o'clock Eastern with my guest, uh, Paige Warner. She's a singer, musician, songwriter based out of Owen Sound, on Owen Sound, Ontario. Looking forward to speaking to Paige about her career and how she got started in the music industry as well. So I hope you guys can... Tune into a special edition, my 250th podcast show in three years on Monday, March 6th at 2 o'clock again with Paige Warner. And uh, looking forward to that as well. Also, guys, just to let you know, live with CDP Sports Talk is also live streamed on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and LinkedIn. And thank you to everyone watching us on live stream as well. My website, guys, is beacons.ai slash Chris D. Palme. That's beacons.ai slash Chris D. Palme. All my previous podcast shows and all my social media content is on there as well. As always, Live with CDP Sports Talk, again, is sponsored by Barry Cullen Chevrolet Dealership at 905 Woodlawn Road West in the Guelph Auto Mall. Check out barrycullen.com for the newest selection of new and pre-owned GM vehicles, or give them a call at 519-824-0210, or email them at info at barrycullen.com as well. You guys can also follow me on TikTok at Live with CDP. That's at Live with CDP on TikTok. And StreamYard is the official live stream provider of Live with CDP Sports Talk as well. Finally, guys, Live with CDP podcast. The audio version is downloaded to iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, 
Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, CastBox, LinkedIn, Stitcher, and Tuned In. Also, guys, you can also email me at cpalme, cpalme19 at gmail.com. And you guys can also follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And also, guys, please subscribe and like my YouTube channel, Chris Palme, or live with CDP Sports Talk on uh, YouTube as well. And before we wrap this show up, guys, the NBLC Coach of the Month is Doug Plum, the head coach of the defending National Basketball League champion, London Lightning, who are off to an 11-2 start. Their next game is Thursday night, 7 o'clock against those Sudbury Five. So congratulations to Coach Doug Plum of the London Lightning for being the NBL Coach of the Month. And yours truly will be at the Kitchener-Waterloo's home opener, uh, Kitchener-Waterloo Titans home opener tomorrow night against the Windsor Express, 7 o'clock tip-off. Check out my social media pages and YouTube channel for uh, live interviews, videos, pictures, and I'll be writing a story uh, from the Windsor Express uh, Kitchener-Waterloo Titans game as well. Some quick NHL news. The NHL Rangers, to, uh, sorry, the New York Rangers reportedly have acquired Patrick Kane from the Chicago Blackhawks. The Leafs today traded uh, Sandine, or Sandine to the Capitals for Gustafson and also acquired former defenseman Luke Shen from the Vancouver Canucks as well. And again, guys, Live with CDP Sports Talk is now on weeknights on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key in Atlanta, Georgia, as well. And that's it, guys. I want to say thank you to my guest, Rashid Weeks, a fifth-year student from the University of Guelph and a psych student for coming on tonight and talking about his five-year career with the University of Guelph men's basketball team. And again, I hope you guys can tune in for my next Live with CDP Sports Talk Again, brought to you by Barry Cullen Chevrolet. My 250th episode this Monday, March 6th, 2 p.m. Eastern, with my guest Paige Warner, singer, musician, songwriter, based out of Owen Sound, based out of Owen Sound, Ontario. Again, I want to say thank you to Rashid Weeks for coming on, and for everybody watching this on live stream and on my audio platforms. I hope everybody has a great night, and uh, we'll talk to you guys. Um, this Friday for the Small Talk Podcast at 1 p.m. with Mayor Marion Mead Ward and my co-host and Andy Carroll Woolery. Have a great week, everybody, and we'll talk to you guys Friday, and we'll see you next Monday for my 250th Live with CDP Sports Talk episode. Good night, everybody.